Hello everyone. You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, we provide reliable exosome-related services and products to clients around the world. Our services cover all aspects of exosome isolation and purification, identification, antibody and engineering. Dear friends in the audience, welcome to our program on time every Saturday night. Today, we have our old friend Dr. Hofstadter here to explore more interesting knowledge. I believe everyone is looking forward to his arrival. Let's welcome Dr. Hofstadter with warm applause. Thank you for joining us Dr. Hofstadter. Good evening Connie, thanks for your invitation, I'm very glad to be here. So, Dr. Hofstadter, in previous episodes, we've discussed how tetraspanins regulate protein assembly and possible microRNA recruitment in exosomes. We gain a general understanding of how tetraspanins account for target cell selection and exosome uptake. Although knowledge about exosome composition is rapidly increasing, the modes of selective recruitment of exosomes and target cell selection are poorly understood. Many studies are suggesting that at least part of the task is taken over by tetraspanins. I remember you briefly mentioned the relationship between exosomes and their associated vesicles and cancer. And I think we could delve deeper into the impact of exosomes on the development and spread of cancer in the coming weeks. What do you think, Dr. Hofstadter? Yeah, I'd love to. We all know that exosomes are small bilayer membrane-bound nanoparticles. Their shape depends on how and where the exosomes were isolated. They are released from normal and diseased cells, by fusion of intracellular multivesicular bodies with the cell membrane, and subsequent extracellular release of these nanovesicles from multivesicular bodies. Exosomes can be described as an important regulatory feature of the normal function of the immune system and diseases, in which exosomes may be involved in immune dysregulation. We also mentioned in previous programs that, various cells in the immune system, including B-cells, dendritic cells, and mast cells, secrete exosomes. So, I think we could start with the function of exosomes involved in immune regulation. Agree. It has been reported that specific forms of exosomes help antigen-presenting cells, especially dendritic cells, to present antigens to T-lymphocytes and natural killer cells. Can you give a relevant example? Sure, for example. Exosomes expressing class II MHC antigen peptide complexes stimulate T-cells more efficiently if they are taken up by functional antigen-presenting cells. I mean, exosomes carrying intact stimulating antigens or antigenic peptides in MHC class II can stimulate T-cell proliferation. However, the overall process of stimulating these T-cells requires at least two separate dendritic cell subsets. A group of mature dendritic cells carrying class II MHC interact with antigens and secrete exosomes that typically carry antigen peptide class II MHC. Dendritic cells can then interact with these exosomes to present exosomal antigen peptide class II MHC for efficient stimulation of T cells. Under what circumstances can MHC class I positive T cells be activated by exosomes? You know, additional pathways involving antigen-presenting cells and their impact on T cell responses to antigens are important 
in exosome-mediated peripheral immune tolerance. So MHC class 1 restricted positive T-cells are stimulated by exosomes, only when exosomes interact with mature dendrites. Accessory molecules, including ligands for toll-like receptors 3 and 9, facilitate this stimulation. In addition, exosomes from dendritic cells can generate antibody responses, and functional B-cells are required for them to effectively stimulate T-cells. I see. Actually, I read the literature that exosomes are involved in maternal fetal tolerance, which is important for fetal survival. How did they get involved? Well, specifically, exosomes containing FOS ligands released from the placenta have been shown to reduce inflammation in various models. In addition, I believe you know that exosomes released by syncytiotrophoblasts contain surface ligands for the NKG2D receptor found on natural killer cells, T cells. That's to say, the release of these exosomes results in a decrease in NKG2D receptors followed by a decrease in the cytotoxicity of these cells in vitro. It has been reported that exosome-like particles can convert certain T-cells into additional T-regulatory cells. These T-regulatory cells normally suppress autoreactive T-cells. Thus, by their action, abnormal immune responses are suppressed to prevent immune responses to normal tissues. Now I get it. But as you know, in autoimmune diseases, normal immune pathways can be dysregulated. Can dendritic cell-derived exosomes alleviate symptoms of autoimmune diseases? Well, I can't say, because the impact of exosomes secreted by immune cells on autoimmune diseases is complex. But I do know some reports that exposure of dendritic cells to interleukin-10 can increase the release of dendritic cell exosomes and reduce the degree of inflammation and arthritis, caused by collagen injection. In contrast, fibroblasts from rheumatoid arthritis patients release exosomes, containing tumor necrosis factor alpha, which can kill specific immune cells. Furthermore, these exosomes activate AKT through its phosphorylation, resulting in the increased phenotypic expression of NF-kappa-B. This may increase the severity of rheumatoid arthritis. In addition, exosomes released from salivary glands contain autoantigens that may induce autoimmunity. Exosomes are also involved in liver inflammation caused by a fatty diet. Okay, as far as I know, tumor lesions also produce exosomes. And there are many reports on exosomes produced by various types of tumors. Can you describe this type of exosome? Definitely. The exosomes you said are often called tumor-derived exosomes. Tumor-derived exosomes are mainly isolated from physiological fluids, such as urine and spent or conditioned media, from cell cultures of patients with neoplastic lesions. The reported malignant lesions associated with tumor-derived exosomes include most cancers, including bladder, brain, breast, colorectal, kidney, lung, oral, ovarian, and prostate cancers. Furthermore, lymphomas and melanomas have been reported to produce exosomes. Then what types of exosomes are contained in the body fluids of patients with malignant lesions? What is the significance of the research? Exosomes in the body fluids of patients with malignant lesions 
include exosomes from normal individuals, exosomes secondary to comorbidities, and tumor-derived exosomes. You know, this is the same situation found for molecules circulating in the blood of cancer patients, as these molecules also originate from normal cells, non-neoplastic diseased cells, and tumors. So I think the molecular characterization of tumor-derived exosomes for translational research may be as specific and sensitive as characterization of biomarkers in body fluids outside exosomes. Indeed, molecular signatures of tumor-derived exosomes may be more sensitive and specific to certain questions in translational research, because selected molecules of tumor signatures may be more concentrated in tumor-derived exosomes than the same molecules in matching body fluids in the body. Furthermore, for some malignancies, the number of tumor-derived exosomes correlates with the extent of the tumor. I think tumor-derived exosomes may be useful in translational research, because they often contain molecules characteristic of derived malignant tissues. Can you specify which signature molecules are contained in tumor-derived exosomes? Of course. Specifically, tumor-derived exosomes from body fluids of tumor patients reflect molecular signatures of matching tumors. For example, melanoma patients have exosomes in their blood, which contain several melanoma-specific molecules. You know, the interesting part is that tumor-derived exosomes in the blood of central nervous system tumor patients with a putative blood-brain barrier have been reported to contain neural molecules. This neural molecule was also isolated in tumor-derived exosomes from matching tumors of the brain. Really? That sounds amazing. All right, Dr. Hofstadter, thank you for your wonderful science popularization of the function of exosomes in immune regulation. I think that would be all for today. Thanks to Dr. Hofstadter, and thank you for listening. There will be more interesting knowledge waiting for us in the next program. See you next time. Thank you, I hope we will see you next time.